we'd like to present Not Seen Before Inside BJJ Get in now We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time I don't have to tell you things are bad Everybody knows things are bad God damn it I want all of you to get up out of your chairs I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Dr. California's finest gentleman proudly presents to you the greatest show in the world today. Your host, he's rich. He's wealthy. He's a prominent member of the Bohemian Club, a master mason of the highest degree. Crossy Gracie Brown Belt, Tim Freeman. And also co-hosting this man is the author and inventor of big man's jiu-jitsu, the baddest man that ever stepped into fat camp, crossing racing black rocks, and today's special guest, Lloyd Irvin, this is the inside. That announcement was brought to you by Caveman Coffee. Oh, yes, that is right. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go to CavemanCoffee.com. Support our sponsors. And uh, Caveman is a great one. Go to CavemanCoffee.com. Use the discount code INSIDE during checkout. You could save yourself 10%, and 10% goes a long way, right, Matt Freeman? It goes a long way, and you buy some Caveman Coffee, and your beard, your beard will grow like Tate Fletcher. That's a guarantee. Uh, and if it doesn't, just hit up uh, Tate or Keith Jardine. Let them know what happened. Uh, welcome, Matt. Thanks for joining us on a special midweek. Once e- again, thank you for having me into your home. Evening podcast. Hopefully I don't get kicked out. No, you will not get kicked out. Tonight, uh, we got a terrific show lined up for you. Um, <clears throat> pretty pretty important guest, right? Pretty heavy guest. Team LI. Yeah, Lloyd Irvin uh, has agreed to come on the show, do an interview um. with us. Man, dude, you know, before all this shit happened with Lloyd, he was going strong. Like, it looked like Lloyd Urban was about to take over the world. Uh, yeah, I feel like, actually, and I, I'll reserve my my comments for the interview and probably after the interview, but in terms of what was going on in the jiu-jitsu world at the time, uh, Lloyd Irvin... The Kumite. He did the Kumite, and... He was on to some shit. Before anybody else was. Doing yeah. the Kumite, um... He his everybody in the in the jiu-jitsu business was trying to get with Lloyd Irvin. Um, I think a lot of people were. I wouldn't say everybody I was trying know, to. Get. <laughs> a lot of people were trying to use his marketing for their business. Well, a lot of people still um, still use his marketing. But there was a lot more people that were talking about Lloyd Irvin before yeah. b- before the controversy hit. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. So we're excited to talk to him. Uh, what else? This is uh, April Freemium Month. What that means is all of our. Premium episodes are free. Free 99. And the way you can hear those is they will uh, actually publish to iTunes, but you can also download the Inside BJJ app from your app store, and it 
has all of the episodes and also has the full back catalog, which you cannot get on iTunes. What you really ought to do is get yourself get, go go get yourself the app. Get it. It gets downloaded right to your phone. You get all the episodes. There's no. There's not going to be no hidden charges. You get everything for free. All free. That's my Jim Ross. <laughs> That's a good Jim Ross. Support support the good folks at Amazon. They help us out a lot. They're not going to give you any extra hidden charges or none of that. Amazon's a good company. They they shave us <laughs> off a little bit to support our sponsors. A company. And also, we want to remind you guys to check out uh, BJJ Tour. Make sure you get on the tour. Go to www.bjjtour.com in Connecticut. I think last week I misspoke and I said that the tournament was in Florida. Uh, in March, the Florida event actually happened. I knew that you did, but I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to overshadow you. Yeah, never outshine the master. I knew you were wrong when you said it, though. I didn't, right. want, to, I didn't want to bring it up. Though. I wanted to wait for you to figure it out for yourself. Oh, man. How would you figure? You're so heavy like so that. So that you dude. could see it, and that way you wouldn't get upset with me for pointing it out. Oh, you're that, like, see, you should have listened to me guy. I'm not that, no. I want to remind you guys to check it out. Go to BJJTour.com. Over, uh, uh, not over, but $50,000 and over nine events of prize money. Yeah, man. If you're a black belt and you're in the, well, actually in any of those areas, but especially the Northern California area or any of the area that the BJJ Tour is going to, I don't know why you wouldn't compete in the BJJ Tour. Yep. And uh, coming up in June, they're going to be in Connecticut and in Santa Cruz at the All-Star. We'll be doing the play-by-play there. So, With The All-Star, like, what what makes it the All-Star? Uh, probably it... the commentating. <laughs> it's top-notch. Is there something special? Like why, why is it called the All-Star? I think it's just a really awesome name, right? It's not like the best of the best. It's just a, that's just the name of the tournament. We could say it's the best of the okay, best. It's the best of that, the best. Day that day in that area. In that area. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's coming in Santa Cruz, right? What? Yeah, Santa Cruz. Kaiser Pavilion. Kaiser Pavilion. Nice so setup. Like, if you're in Northern California and you're a black belt and you compete in tournaments, I don't know why you wouldn't do this tournament because if you compete in the absolute and you win, you get a thousand bucks. And if you compete in your weight division and you win, you get five hundred bucks. Like Yuri, yeah. Yuri Samo walked away with fifteen hundred bucks, right? Which was a nice win, and he did a great job at the tournament there. And then I believe you could win more money down the line, right? Yeah, they're talking about bumping it up. So check it out. Go to www.bjjtour.com. Make sure you check out Counter Move Fantasy MMA. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just want to see one more question about the trying to get through this. So, aren't eventually all the dudes that have won going to meet up? Uh, so is that what's going to happen? Well, not all the dudes, but there's a ranking system, and I think maybe maybe the plan is to have some type of super event based on that ranking system in the future. So it's going to be points, right? But it's not it's written not in stone up. yet. It's just kind of like an idea is being kicked around. So mm-hmm. that'd be pretty cool. But yeah, no, it'd be awesome. Check them out, bjjtour.com. Then also make sure you check out Countermove Fantasy MMA. Fuck you, Tommy Toehold. Aha, you must. Fuck you, Hinata Laranja. <laughs> Jennifer Swift, I love you. You're, You're so beautiful. Uh, make sure you check those guys out. They are a partner of the show. We really appreciate all the work they do. They are really the number one purveyor of uh, counter move uh, of of counter move. Of course, they are counter move of fantasy MMA. There's a lot of fantasy sports type sites that do all kinds of different fantasy stuff, and you know they just kind of slap MMA on. Like, yeah, we do MMA, but counter move that's their specialty is fantasy MMA. Nobody gets it. Like, they get it. They get MMA. It's built by MMA-type people, jiu-jitsu people who are really involved. So check them yeah, out. Yeah, dude. If you, know your, if you know your MMA, you talk all that shit to all your friends who's going to win, who's not going to win. Go to Counter Move. Get yourself an account. 
and and join a fucking tournament for like two bucks and half you could join a tournament you could join a fantasy MMA just like it's just like fucking fantasy football you get all these fantasy football motherfuckers fantasy MMA is the same concept you join that shit and you could fucking win up to like some tournaments are like five hundred bucks a thousand bucks two thousand bucks each each one is different but you know Absolutely. if you really know your fucking shit like you say you do put your money where your fucking mouth is and get on some counter move yeah no I agree make sure you check them out go to counter move. MMA dot dot com. So, uh, man, it's kind of a short week for us. Uh, Hump day, motherfucker. Wednesday. Remember we used to do the Wednesday night grind? Those are some good shows, dude. Didn't you like those shows? from Port City. Let me see if I can find it. See, what happened then? (laughs) This is brought to you by Merv Griffin Studios. (laughs) Remember that? So, like, back then, we were starting to go strong, right? We, yeah. We had shit rolling. That's how far I went mental. We had shit, yeah, and you had, like, a, a fucking breakdown. Pretty close. And then it, all that shit got shut down. The whole, this whole thing probably almost got stopped. The whole thing came almost close. got stopped. It came close. It came close. So now we're back. We're going strong again. <laughs> but, but... You know, yeah, we, we're going strong in the sense that we got our premium set up. We got the sweatshop. We got the big MF experiment. Which, that's really the best thing going in this whole network. In the whole stable. Is this a stable now? This is not... Woo! Hey, this is not a faction. This is a stable, huh? This is a stable. This, this, this is... Yeah, we are a... a, a this is a, a family. This is... Like is the it, Heenan family. We might... Um, mm, close to the Four Horsemen of Podcast. I'm going to call it the Four Horsemen. But there's um, only three of us. You always, you're forgetting somebody. Who's that? The lovely Escalita. <laughs> oh, you, I thought she was the valet. She, this, we couldn't be the horseman because we have a woman in this. He, well, they, they had a few women in there. I guess, I guess right now, yeah. Maybe Chuck Walker. He's talking Stella's, about... Stella's Missy Hyatt. Uh, Chuck Walker's talking about starting up a podcast with us, perhaps. You know, I had a lot of fun with you, him, and Will. Fuck yeah. I did, personally. Like, I did, I, too. I kind of want to do it again. We should, dude, they're both... Will, if you haven't checked out the Big MF Experiment uh, Episode 2... Will Cowens is on there, and the guy is a goddamn genius. He's a historian, and he's pretty much finished going for his um, doctor's degree. Yeah. I mean, he's a smart dude. I feel like I'm catching this guy early. I feel like this dude could do the best history podcast that anyone has ever heard. You know, I think, I mean, I like hardcore history, but I think he's in his own way. He's legit. He could be as good or better. So I feel like I'm lucky that, that I'm snagging this guy up and, and, and yeah. working with this dude now. Did you sign him to an exclusive contract? Um, I Will Cowan, exclusive no, contract. I, I actually, me. Did and, you discover him? Me and Ralic and Metamorris, <laughs> we have an exclusive thing going on with Will. There's another, there's this other Make lady. sure you check that out, though. There's another lady I know who's um, historically is really fucking smart. Yeah. Really. She knows all kinds of shit about, you know. Pretty much everything. I might yeah. bring her on. You should. Check out the big MF experiment, uh, episode two, if you want to hear Will Cowens and Chuck Walker and myself with the big MF. Talking politics. Uh, so check that stuff out, man. You And you can get premium if you go to insidebjj.com slash premium. Sign up. It's a buck 99 a buck a month. 99. And it kind of, look, this is what you guys don't understand, is it helps kind of keep this whole thing going. I get people all the time say, you got to take it to the next level. Like, well, we're trying to. Yeah, we're trying to take it to the next level, but... Damn, son. Sign the, up, the next motherfucker. Level, the next level ain't free, bitches. <laughs> so, like, basically, so there's probably going to be a lot of new listeners. You know, some of you will get this show and some of you won't. But for those of you that do, 
you know, basically inside BJJ is the mother shit. That's, you know, that's always free. That's that's what we love and that's what brought this all together and we and each one of us have kind of got our own little side thing going. And for all the side shit, for the people that listen because they like us dumb motherfuckers, they like the dumb shit we talk about. We're kind of all doing our own shit, and that's the dollar ninety nine that you get. Yeah, and and you also get the uh, girls on grappling, and sometimes we just do premium stuff, like just girls on grappling is grown. I hate. To, I really it's fucking getting big. I hate to admit this, brother, <laughs> but I got to give the devil her due. You know whose idea that was? You're looking at him. I said we need to get a woman's. All podcast. I'm saying is, you know, this could be Yoko Ona. <laughs> I was just reading about the Beatles breakup. Yoko. She was giving input to the band. Stella's never giving me input about anything on the show. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she's going to quite do that. She might though. She could. She could. I still think we should do one together. You it's and explosive her. Explosive when we get on the when we get on the. Scene. You guys should get in a big fight like you used to. You guys used to fight like cats and dogs. We got into some big ones. Well, well was, you know, this, it, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why too because <laughs> I told her that when we got married. That it didn't matter, even if it was our first week of marriage, that you would be spending the night sometimes, and if you so chose, you would be sleeping on the floor in our bedroom. You did not tell her I that. told her that. And she's no. like, is something wrong with you? And I'm like, he's my cousin, and I love him. <laughs> and, and if he wants to spend the night over here, he's spending the night. Yeah, it's a little bit um, well, twisted up. You know, women want to get, 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 their, get their little corner and want to make sure they get it right before, you know. So. Of course. And then, and then, you know, there, there was just some, there were some battles that took place over the years. You guys both, you were both possessive of me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, good stuff, man. Also, um, looking forward to the future. Gonna, gonna get Freddie Prince Jr. back on. Freddie, come back. Yeah. Gonna get him back on the podcast. Any fool can see. Had a great time talking to him, man. You weren't paralyzed. You <laughs> played a joke on me. Freddie, come boom, back. Boom. I love Jeff Hardy. I did not know that that was you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's just like, it's like, that's one of those things where you're going, you're like, this is going pretty good, and I don't know oh, how okay. to stop I, it. I, I rhymed, I rhymed, no, what am I to rhyme this with? That's why I could never, <laughs> I could never do like a, a battle rap. Oh, God, that'd be it. Yeah, forget it. I would be destroyed on that. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, we got Lloyd Irvin. He is on tap here. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned for Lloyd Don't Irvin. touch that dial. Hey, this is Tim. I wanted to thank you for listening to today's show. I wanted to remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review. Helps us out a lot. Tell your friends that you train with about the show. You can also get the app. Go to your favorite app store for your Apple, Android, or Windows mobile device and search for Inside BJJ Podcast. It gives you all of our awesome, amazing shows delivered fresh and hot to your phone every day when you're ready to listen. You can also get a premium subscription by going to InsideBJJ.com slash premium. It's $1.99 a month. You get access to our full back catalog, every program we've ever done, and our premium-only shows, and it also helps us keep the lights on at Inside BJJ. Get yourself a shirt. Go to InsideBJJ.com slash donate. It's 30 bucks. It includes the shipping, and you get a nice, fresh T-shirt designed by the one and only Edwin Frias. He's a great friend of the program, and it's an awesome, amazing shirt. You can also help us out a lot by using our Amazon click-through banner. Go to InsideBJJ.com. On your way to Amazon, click on the banner. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Inside BJJ podcast. We would like to welcome on the line Lloyd Irvin. How you doing, Lloyd? I'm doing great. Super fantastic as always. 
It's uh, it's good to have you back on. It's been a long time. You were one of the very first people that we had on the show, and we wanted to get you back in here. And obviously, a lot has uh happened since the last time that that you were on. And I I just wanted to start off with you know what have you been up to lately? You haven't been too vocal in the media or the news, but what have you been up to lately since everything went down? Since everything's been down, I've been doing the same thing we've been doing. Training the guys like the guys last year, the women. Got a bunch of new world champions, a uh, bunch of new guys coming up this year, a bunch of new girls coming up this year that should hopefully win the world championships this year, 2015. Uh, went to a few new, new businesses, business ventures. Uh, same old stuff doesn't, enough, that doesn't change much with me. How many um, UFC fighters are you working with right now? Right now, personally, we have three, I think it is. Three, and then we have... Uh, uh, Joe is going to make her Invicta debut this uh, this Friday, actually. And nice. we have probably like three new guys that are right on the cut um, of getting into the UFC. So we're doing a whole new crop, whole new force of guys. It's a great, great time. Is uh, is MMA a, a, a bigger focus for you now, or is it has it always kind of been the same as what it is? Well, it's in the past, like, it's always been a focus. Like I've been, I've, I've, I've been coaching in the UFC for eleven years. We had like the UFC champion. My, the, uh, our first UFC fighter was my student Brandon Vera. Um, and like on the West Coast at Alliance, you know they focus more so on the MMA. And over here, I'm building the jiu-jitsu guys and they're coaching MMA with them. And so we're doing the East Coast West Coast thing. Um, now here in on the East Coast in Maryland. I have played for the last year and a half. We I have bared down, and what you saw me do with like the metal chasers, I'm now doing with the um, MMA guys also. To have some more homegrown guys here that are, will build, be built up to be UFC caliber. And I said, just in the last 12 months, 18 months, we've had um, a couple guys into the UFC. We have one fighter who is in the UFC is undefeated. Um, but like I said, I have an entire stable crop of guys. That will be um, are definitely UFC caliber. You know, they have the skill set from the boxing, um, striking, wrestling, jujitsu, talent point. Um, so you know, like I said, next two, three, four years, uh, will be like, top like nothing. Same old stuff. Are you are you managing their careers too, and, and finding them fights as well as training them? No, last eleven years I've been in the UFC. I've never managed anyone. Um, I've helped. Like Mike Easton with his, some of this stuff. But I never want to be a manager. You know, man, anytime you deal with money, uh, friendships can be ruined. You deal with money, like, just things go bad. I, mean, I never uh, was in it really for the money from the aspect of trying to listen. My business model isn't to make money off just fighters or MMA fighters. It's not my business model. My, I, I love the sport. Uh, I have a passion for the sport. I love helping people, you know, whether it's jiu-jitsu or MMA. I love helping people reach their dreams. Um, we have unique systems, unique processes, and we've been able to accomplish that. So I've personally stayed away from the management side of things. Is it is it different trying to do this with uh, like a metal chasers type program with mixed martial artists versus jujitsu players? No, I wouldn't say that because it's, it's a, the key thing is you have to get a group of people that all have the same goal, and you have to have a system that can help them attain that goal. And whether it's jiu-jitsu or whether it's MMA, as long as you have that process effect, you have to get a snowball effect. You know, like um, for us, the 
with jiu-jitsu, I had a system. I had to find somebody outside myself, put in the system, and that person was Mike Fowler. And then, you know, we had Ryan Hall, and then Snowball Effect started happening, and more people started coming, and we had more homegrown guys. We had people from outside that wanted to come in, and the Snowball Effect came, and you saw how, how big it got. Um, no different from jiu-jitsu. Think about this. Like, a lot of people don't know this, but, like, the whole alliance in the May and the whole team learning, the whole connection came from my student Brandon Vera. There was no alliance in the May first. There was no city boxing at first. It was team Water Irvin. Brandon Vera was our big name MMA fighter. Um, Brandon moved over to the West Coast. He started um, was training at a place called City Boxing. The city boxing guy was his manager. Um, we got to the UFC. We started knocking people out, submitting people, submitting people. We tell we tell them we want to win the heavyweight title and the light heavyweight title at the same time. His name started getting real big. Um, then later on, we had problems with the manager at City Boxing. Um, he left, and after that, um, like Brandon was a big name already. So Brandon moved on. He, he always had a dream to open a gym called Alliance because you know, like in jiu-jitsu now, people really uh, you know had to you know crew this this crew can't train with that crew, that team can't train with this team. He always had a wrestling mentality. He wanted an alliance MMA where anyone, everyone that wants to fight in the MMA, doesn't matter what team you're from, we can all train together. And we can also fight each other. And so from there, um, he started having some investors come in with Alliance MMA. And um, at that point, that's how Alliance MMA was born. And like I said, so like uh, Tim Irvin, the DNA is inside of Alliance MMA. It came from us. And then we just grew from Brandon. Brandon was the star that everyone you know, started attracting to. Um, we got Phil Davis and uh, Eric Delphier, who's an amazing um, coach, uh, had a promotion. He got um, Dominic Cruz over. Dominic Cruz, I remember when, I never forget when Dominic Cruz first came to Timo Irvin uh, to Maryland to help Mike Easton train for a fight. Like, he was real green. Um, he was injured. I was going to help him with one of the injuries. Like, I said, these guys, no one knew these guys. Like, that's how the snowball effect came. Next thing you know, we got Phil Davis. From there, everything blew up. But it's the same process. Right. Start from one person being good, then people see a person that's being good, and they oh, I, I wonder what they're doing. So people want to see, and you have your homegrown guys, and then snowballs. So it's the same exact process. Right. Doing it over with the MMA guys, and I got I have some guys coming up that are going to be absolutely amazing. No, I don't. I don't doubt that for a second that you have a lot of amazing talent coming up. Um, you know, Brandon Vieira at one time was one of the hottest things going around in in mixed martial arts. You mentioned a lot of names of a lot of uh, tough guys and a lot of guys that were good, and it, it, it from the outside looking in, it, it it seems like those guys like didn't want to be associated with you. I don't know if that's true or not, but do you feel betrayed in any way by any of those guys that you mentioned? I don't feel betrayed by anybody because, like the um, you know, I always call this thing a smear campaign. I have proof that it's a smear campaign. I can. Um, I can speak on the smear campaign that from the very beginning to how it got into certain media, who the certain media connections were. Um, I have a very clear path. When everything first happened, I hired this guy named Mike Rexdale. He's one of the world's leading um, forensic bounty hunters online as far as online defamation. You can Google him and see what the type of stuff that he does. But um, from the very beginning, I had a very clear understanding of what was happening. And like I said, the people were going to fighters, um, sponsors. They're going to the fighters, people that were um, financing some of these guys. You know, MMA guys don't make a lot of money. So at the time, as hot as it was, each and every day, Bloody Elbow would come out with a new story about little tiny things, no matter what it was. So like I said, we made a decision. Like I said, I'm going to back away a little bit. 
I don't want to take a chance to hurt anybody's money. And like I said, but me and Brandon Vera, like I said, when all said and done, me and Brandon Vera are friends. He's like my son. And it's bigger than MMA. Like when his MMA career is over, none of these fans are going to be here for him. None of these people are going to be here for him on the, in the media. But I'm going to still be here. You know what I'm saying? 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old. We're still going to be here. So for me, like I always said, um, it's much bigger than um, – what people are talking about the training, the martial arts. Like when we talk about PLI and the family environment, like I've been here 17 years. If you look at a lot of things, like a lot of our guys are homegrown. We have our guys that come in from other places just, just because we're doing good and people want to come in and be a part of it. But at the same time, we have homegrown guys. A lot of these big gyms, they don't they don't have anybody that's ever built homegrown. It's, yeah, the snowball effect. But how does um, it how does it but, feel when when some of those homegrown guys that you had though are some of the guys that took off? I don't have any homegrown guys that took off. I've never had a homegrown guy take off for me. So, so if you haven't had any homegrown take guys that have taken off, you you've certainly had guys that have been with you for quite a while that took off. Yeah, for sure. But I understand that not homegrown. These are guys that have come from somewhere else and left their school, somewhere else they're here, and they just they left again. I mean, we can talk about why they left and all the different yeah. things like that. But so, there's, there's a complete difference between a homegrown guy or gal and a person that came from the outside. I, I, I got you. I got you. So getting back to, you know, where where some of the the smear campaign, as you called it, those aren't my words. I'm just, you know, that's, that's how you refer to it. But getting right. back to when when the incident took place with – uh, Matt Maldonado and Nicholas Schultz and, and all these things that happened. Um, where were you when when you received the news of what had happened and, and what was your initial reaction? Well, when I was when I first found out about it, I was in Florida. I was having a mixed martial arts millionaire event and I think it was in Orlando and that's how I first um, you know, got wind of it. Someone told me that it happened and like when I first said it I was like, man, like, you know, you know when you don't you heard second hand, third hand stories, you don't know exactly what to make out of it. Yeah. Um I, I, when I was in Florida I, I got to speak to Matt and I got to speak to Nick and they told me their side of the things and like and I took it for that. I mean was, what what was their side of the th- of the story? They explained that there was a situation on New Year's at a party and that they didn't do anything and the cops were asking questions and you know, they didn't do anything. That was, that was their position. I know they were acquitted, you know, um, and there was supposed to be video of evidence, which I always never quite got clear on. Do you know exactly why they were acquitted? I have no idea. I never went to the, um, uh, the court. It's been one day there. Um, their family paid for their lawyers. The lawyers gave their defense. And like I said, you know, to to know exactly what happened, I guess you have to be in the jury room. So is um, is is it is it a rumor then? Because there were people saying that you were paying. I believe Bloody Knuckle dot com is the one who said he was he was Bloody Elbow. Bloody Elbow. I had a hard time believe. I personally had a hard time believing that personally that you were paying for people's legal defense. It didn't quite make sense to me, but that was is what so, they said. So there's no truth to that. No, I I did not pay for legal defense. What I did do was when it very when I was in Florida, the guys told me that what happened. I said, "Listen, did you do it?" 
And they're like, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do anything. And when um, I spoke to the well, I spoke to first, but I spoke to one, and they were um, uh, saying they didn't do it. I spoke to the other, said they didn't do it. And then I'm like, I'm in Florida. I said, listen, you guys need to talk to a lawyer. I wouldn't talk to any police. You need to talk to a lawyer. And I couldn't have any idea what's going on. Um, I paid, um, I gave them, I think it was 200 bucks, 300 bucks to get a lawyer to um, do the, you know, like the initial consultation. And after the initial consultation, I said, man, you have to talk to your parents. I said, don't say anything else. Talk to your parents and figure out what you want to do. Are, uh, did they retain the same attorney that you referred them to? No. I think if I understand it correctly, from what I, what, I, what I could gather is what what they were saying was that this thing that happened was consensual. Is that correct? Well, I don't know the fact that I didn't really dig into that. All I know, the one thing that I know for a fact is that when Mateo was offered a plea deal, Mateo said, I'd rather spend the rest of my life in jail than admit to something that I didn't do. And at different times, they were doing different plea deals. They were they they were saying it was consensual. It was not rape, and that was a fact. Were you were you concerned when the news broke that news from your own past would resurface because of this? No, because the, the thing about the news from my own past, this, this is one thing that your campaign didn't understand. I have never like this is not like something that's hidden. Like for like, I've had I've had my school for seventeen years. Probably the first 10, 15, 10, 12 years, I um, we have we have team meetings like for a team, and I would openly talk about it, you know, what I mean? because the situation that I was involved in, like they could happen to anybody, and like I said, I didn't want it to happen to other people, so I informed kids about it, talk to kids about it, and talk about it happened, and how you have to protect yourself. So it wasn't a thing like it's uh, a hidden like everyone in like PG County went to school, and they're like it's a it's a known thing, so it's not anything like I'm scared of it coming out. Why, why did you or did you um, register the the loitervinrape dot com website if you were concerned if you were not concerned about it coming out? Oh, because when 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 everything started happening, like I said, I was one hundred percent clear that is is a clear cut smear campaign. Like when it comes to the online marketing of what what's happening online, I'm 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 sure what's happening. I had people that that purchased literally 200 attack sites from him. I'm not sure if you remember Lawyer and Rape Exposed. Now they have some other websites. But they were buying up domains to put attack sites um, and, and follow up the history and the timeline for the stuff. So what I was doing, I was buying all the domains that had my name in it, for rape in it, rape, um, rape attack, uh, scam artists, all that stuff like that, to protect my brand, LloydIrvin.com, and Lloyd Irvin is a trademark registration. I'm going to, to do whatever it takes to protect my brand. If you look at any major corporation in the world, they all own thousands, if not tens of thousands of domains to protect the domain. Now, when we talk about people try the, the smear campaign people attempted and tried to, and they actually put it out there saying that I bought the, the domains to, to uh, overtake Google and, and to protect this and that. Listen, if you go look at Bloody Elbows, Every single time they put my name in the or my school's name or one of the guys' name, they put Lloyd Irvin Rape in the title tag. They put Lloyd Irvin Rape in the anchor text. They are the ones that are doing SEO 
on my name, and I'm buying domains for every anchor text that they do, every headline that they put. I'm buying domains to protect my name. That's what it was about. How how many domains previously to that one had you had purchased? Hey, one more time. So, go ahead, Matt. I mean, what what was um. Bloody elbows agenda, and then and then who is Jordan Schultz, and why was he so angry and had so much, you know, pretty much bad things to say about you? All right, so let me talk about the bloody elbow thing. So bloody elbow goes back to this. There's a guy named Luke Thomas, and have you have you ever heard of Luke Thomas? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, he's from SB Nation. Luke Thomas was a lawyer and a martial arts student. Luke Thomas and Steph Smith started a radio show in Lord Irving Martial Arts Academy, and they were doing a weekly show when Luke was first getting started, and they did the show outside of my, inside of my facility. And so for a long time, Bloody Elbow was like a secret weapon for Team Lord Irving. Anytime something happened or anytime we needed to get something in the news, we could talk to Luke, and Luke would get it in Bloody Elbow for us. And I'll give you a, a perfect example. When I very first had my home invasion, when me and Brandon Barry, we had the home invasion in my house, um, I contacted Luke and told Luke, I got a story for you, uh, and told him about my home invasion. So he got the story, put it in the bloody elbow. He, he actually may have written it. Um, I can't remember exactly, but it's in, it's in bloody elbow. You can see it right now. Stay online. Um, so he did the story. Then a blog called Deadspin. They're, they're a really big blog. I had never heard of them at that point. But then they came back with a, a story basically saying I'm a liar, um, what I'm saying sounds like some Jackie Chan movie, basically saying I'm trying to, I'm talking, I made up this home invasion for uh, marketing purposes or whatever. So I told Luke about it, Luke found out about it, so Luke did, they did another story and went back at um, Bloody Elbow. But anyway, the, the point is that Luke Thomas is the connection with Bloody Elbow. And when Luke Thomas left after Ryan Hall got kicked out for, off our team, we have Luke Thomas left, um, Ryan left, and Seth left. So when Ryan Hall in 2013 decided to write his open letter, not mentioning about his name, but everyone knows who he's talking about, um, Ryan Hall's great friend is who? Luke Thomas. And guess who, guess who released Ryan Hall's open letter? Bloody Elbow. And by some guy named Brent Brookhouse. So now if you look at every, if you look at, 75 to 80% of all the stories breaking, they're all broke by Brick Brookhouse and Bloody Elbow. And it comes directly from Luke and Ryan. I know how it is. I know when, when Luke was on our team, I know how it was and how he did his get the Bloody Elbow and what's happening behind the scenes. So, so does Luke run Bloody Elbow? No, I mean, Luke moved on from that. You know, I mean, he works for, I think, he may be, don't quote me on this, but he may be, like, with MMAfighting.com now. Like, he, he's big time. He's grown up a little bit. He, he has his own podcast, his own, his own thing. And the weird thing is, like, I, I really like Luke. Luke. Luke has always been and appeared to be a stand-up guy. But when all this stuff went down, he never picked up the phone and contacted me or called me to get my side or, or talk to me about anything. And like I said, I don't blame him. Like I said, he's probably better friends with Ryan, and he just ran. If he if he believes what Ryan's saying, he's running with what Ryan's story is. You know, my one of my things on all of this is you know the the, the piece they wrote, the Cult of Lloyd. They made a lot of they made a lot of claims that weren't really substantiated, as far as I could tell. And not substantiated. And, and if, it was crazy. Yeah, and if all if what they're saying is true, and the, all that's true, why then would 
Ryan Hall, if all that's true, why would he not say anything until 2013? Yeah, now check us out. I have a website called thetruthaboutloyer.com, and I'm putting more stuff on it right now so, I, so we can act, actually show and highlight exactly on the timeline, because Ryan's a, a, a liar. Ryan is his own situation. But now, when we talk about this, so I understand this. Ryan, can you hear me right now? Yeah. My phone just popped out. Yeah, we're good. Okay. I understand this. Ryan was kicked off our team in 2009. We had, everything is going to be on Lloyd Irvin, uh, the truth about LloydIrvin.com, but he was kicked off our team in 2009, he came back the day after and said that he was not kicked off the team. I mean, he was not kicked off the team, and he had, he had quietly separated from the team, um, what, like three months, a few months previous. Well, like I said, on, on LordOverTruth.com, you'll see the actual timeline, and then you'll see an uh, email he sent to my instructor asking, and then send it to me, an uh, email he sent to me asking, uh, he heard that he's been kicked off the team, him, Jen, and, and Steph, and uh, if this is true, like I said, why would he be asking if this is true if you, if you if he actually separated me from me three months ago? You know, he's a liar. And he was kicked off the team because he was teaching at an affiliate school, a lawyer affiliate school, and at one of our team trainings, uh, one of the affiliates came out and showed proof to everybody, all the black belt, all the heads of the school, undeniable proof, that Ryan plotted behind their back was using their email system uh, to solicit their students, stealing information from them to go open his own school. And that was the reason why Ryan Hall got kicked off the team. Now, a lot of people try to say, oh, well, Lloyd uh, must have robbed them or must have took money from him, had to be a money, he was cheating them. You know, as long as Ryan was away from the team, I was happy. I didn't care about trying to dispel the rumors of what. Why the break? You know, it's been, what, eight years now? I've never even spoke about it. But uh, with his open letter, you have to understand, like, if you, if you, on Lord Irvin Truth, the, the truth about LloydIrvin.com, I have emails. I'm going to have emails where you can see Ryan writing me, thanking me, telling me that, you know, he, he would never do anything to, um, he would never do anything to, um, how to say, to uh, let anyone know anything of problems. He appreciates everything I've done for him. And you can read all the stuff yourself, but it's step by step. And as you read more and more, thank you. How's your family doing? How's Vicky doing? Hope you have a great holiday. Uh, like, uh, thanks for talking to me in, uh, at the Abu Dhabi. You say, I really did what I say. It wasn't for you. Like, all this stuff. And now, five years later, you want to write an open letter. You want to go around to all my friends and all the fighters and, and try to rile them up to get them on your on your on their side, saying it's not going to end well for me. Like, what's his agenda? I mean, it's like, how you go? Are, was he lying to me the entire time, saying these nice things, or was he just waiting for this big day? Because what I know to be a fact is that ever since he got kicked off the team, he told people on our team that he was going to get no matter what it was, he's going to try to get me. If his, if his last thing he does when he before he dies, he was. Um, introducing, like, contacting people on the team, asking to take him out to dinner, trying to talk to them, trying to get people to leave with him when, when he left. And, like, none of our guys left. And you know, all the guys told us I knew everything that he was, that he was doing. But uh, he was doing he was doing this even before he got kicked off the team. Like, like, right, like, if you don't know Ryan personally and have dealt with him, you have no idea how manipulative and, and diabolical he is. In, 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 in your face, 
He's a nice guy, smiling, you know, little young kid. But behind the scenes, any, like anyone who's trained with him for any period of time, uh, have seen it. Like the guy's crazy. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but on on the other side of it, I have never heard anybody say that about Ryan, and I've never seen that behavior from him. So it's a that that is a little bit hard for me to um, to digest. Very hard for you. I understand. Is let me ask you about the truth about LloydIrvin.com because on this site you have a want to see it all where you could sign up to get access to it. How do you respond to criticism that this is just another way for you to get some affiliate marketing in? Well, I understand this. Like, so if I get affiliate marketing, like, like I've asked this question: Do you know in the last time I ever promoted or marketed a product in the BJJ industry? Uh, it's it's probably been like the grappling blueprint or something. It's been a while. Actually, it was probably the Camera Trap, and before the Camera Trap, it was probably the grappling game plan. Like, like when I when I came into the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu industry with the internet marketing, it was very. I mean, you can make a million bucks, two million bucks, two hundred thousand dollars, you know, with no problem. But it's not a big, big industry where I put all my focus on. Like I came in, I wanted to. I was trying to help people, educate people with what I was doing with my system. Uh, at the same time, trying to help other people show them different ways that they can make some money uh, to help support their competition, kind of help them do that. And I've done that. Like I said, probably 75, 80% of everyone that's selling products online has either learned directly from me and or watched me. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. And I would, I would also make this statement. There's a lot of people who are using... Uh, and I'm just going to call them this because this is how the jujitsu community refers to them, Lloyd Irvin marketing tactics on their websites. There's a ton of them, and it's easy for me to identify, but I don't know if everybody else realizes that. Correct, and, and, and it's a fact, but when they do it, there's no problem, or they're just they're, they're trying to be ethical with it, but when I do it, it's evil, monstrous, diabolical. It's just silliness. How do you how do you respond to some of the statements that Mike Fowler has made? Oh man, Mike Fowler! It is um, it's very it was disturbing in the beginning. But like I said, I I know everything that happened with Mike Fowler, even stuff that no no one's speaking about. So um, he's gone like crazy in my mind. Um, you, do you want to know the, the truth about how everything went down, Mike, with me? Absolutely, I do. Okay, so I'm sitting at my mom's bedside, and Mike Styler sends me a text message, and it says, Tracy, please say, Tracy told me what you guys did in San Diego. You discussed me. And when I got there, I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Mind you, just two or three days before this, I'm on the phone with Tracy. Tracy wants to come down to Maryland. She, her and Mike, it may not, may not have been Mike, but she sent flowers to my mom. She had the address, sent flowers to my mom with her and Mike's name on it. Um, uh, she wants to. She wants to talk about wanting to compete in the BJJ Kumite and the next one who have women's division. She wanted to come train with us, and she asked, "Could she come down?" So 
I'm in a full-blown conversation with her. Um, and this is like at the time my mom first came out with cancer. We're at the hospital. And so j- j- just, now, for the li- just for the listeners real quick, Tracy was Mike Fowler's wife, right? Correct. Okay, go ahead. And what, what is your email address? Uh, InsideBJJ at gmail.com. InsideBJJ at gmail? Yep. Yeah. So, are you signing me up right now for uh, the truth about Lloyd Irvin? No, I'm getting ready to send you something. <laughs> I want you to check out. Um, yeah. So when I got that, it was like, man, I'm not dealing with this crap. I have no idea. And I understand this also too. This is when, look, every single day a new news story is popping out. It's just coming out. Everything's coming out, and I'm not trusting anybody. Like I hired a team of people to, uh, to um, what's it called? Like to make sure. Work, my mind that. Uh, so, so you said you, you know, Mike Fowler. He calls you. He says like, uh, "Hey, I heard about Tracy in San Diego, and uh, you were yeah. at your mom's bedside." So at the time, I'm, 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 I'm not entertaining it. Also, Tracy, before Tracy um, called me and let me know that Nagapon called her, and all these people are plotting against me, and how Ryan wants me dead, and all this stuff like that, and. And at that point, I'm like, man, I didn't, I didn't reply to Fowler. So, at that point, it's basically, um, he goes crazy and keeps going and saying whatever he's saying. And, you know, I'm raping people for 25 years and uh, fuck Lloyd and fuck this and this is what he's doing. And, and he's not saying, but, he, but listen, the entire time Mike's talking, Mike's not saying nothing. He's just throwing out, I'm a rapist for 25 years. Like, what does that mean? And like, where, what do you, where, where are the people that have a rapist? One, he, he hasn't even known me for 20 plus years. I've had, I've had, haven't had the school for 20 plus years. So he's just rambling. Like, you know, you can, you can mention anything that Mike has said. I can just, it's nothing. He hasn't said nothing. Like, what have you said, really? Well, how does um Jordan Schultz fit into all this? Because he, he said, a, it seemed like the most, when I was reading, he had the most that it seemed like he had to say that was, about, you know, all this crazy stuff about you. I don't really think like Jordan had like Jordan says that I am assaulting women. I'm assaulting students at my school. Um, I'm doing sexually inappropriate things with women. I'm propositioning women. Um, and there's a bunch of women that are out there, but he didn't say anything either. I mean, that, like, what did he talk about? Like Jordan, like, let me explain this thing. Jordan Schultz is a fucking liar. Jordan Schultz is a maniac. See, and, and I feel bad because I, I got. Like my history has shown that I I take people in that have different stories, they come to me with different stories. People have warned me about Jordan's show and how he he, he, he wherever he leaves and wherever he goes, he leaves a wake of destruction. I had people from Baltimore and New York um come tell me about it. I had people from Alliance tell me about it. Um he tell me he he tell me all these apologies, like and he he came with a story. He was a broke guy, this these bad things were happening to him. That bad thing was happening to him. He wants a chance. And then, like I said, uh, Keenan liked him. Uh, Anderson liked him. And like I said, so I took a vote. And there were a few guys that didn't want him to come. A few guys didn't want him to come. He came. And like I said, one thing about uh, one thing I'll say about um, Jordan, though, he was, as far as like um, being bright, he was very, very sharp. He, he learns fast. Uh, his, his thing was he doesn't have a lot of time for – uh, nothing jujitsu. He wants to 
learn in that marketing. He needs a mentor. He wants me to help him. And so the guy's doing work so fast. Like, it's something I had him doing. Like, he's working fast and he's really good. So um, we, we formed a partnership. And and I started, I started getting like 5000 here, $10,000 here, sending him to these trainings. And at these trainings, so he learned affiliate marketing, he learned all these events. He came to my event, and he started coming to my mastermind groups. I started letting him start. He started getting skilled. I started letting him speak in that some of my internet marketing um, masterminds with my guys in certain areas about creating membership sites. Um, next thing you know, we started making money, $1,000 a day, $2,000, $3,000 a day, and things started rolling a little bit. And Next thing you know, he wants to he wants to start throwing events. He wants to have his own mastermind. I said, listen, we got to slow down. Everything that we're doing, I'm putting all the money up. I'm doing all the introductions. I'm training him. And I said, we're 50-50. Well, once the money started coming in, he started getting funny. He started disappearing and all these things. And I'm saying this. I'm the person that's paying for his house. I'm paying for his living. I'm giving him gas money. I'm giving him food to eat because he doesn't have any money. So now all of a sudden, like I said, every, the motive are simple. I mean, everyone, everybody, every single person that has ever come out and verbally attacked me is either a money-type situation or a business-type situation or a personal vendetta-type situation. And with Jordan, like I said, now he goes away and he all of a sudden gets to do what? Gets to keep 100% of the money. I mean, like, it's not 50-50, it's 100% of the money. And right now, if, if you go to Google and type in Jordan Schultz, rip-off report, Instagram, or Jordan Schultz, rip-off report, mobile mad hatter, you'll see an ungodly amount of people that he's a scamming. Gerald Jordan has gone to the scam world. I understand this. He just bought like an AMG 63 Mercedes, $100,000 Mercedes, and he's living the lifestyle. And you follow him, he's living the lifestyle. You understand this? Whatever lifestyle he's living has come from what I taught him, but I did not teach him anything good with scamming. So then, like, the... Mirror campaign tries to paint the millionaires and paint me as a scamster and a scamster. We handled that with losses and took care of that. But what Jordan's doing, man, you don't do it. People like you go there yourself, Google it, click those things, read it yourself. What he's doing, this is real stuff. And like I, had, I had people come down here to Maryland um, asking questions here. Like, listen, I don't have nothing to do with him. The guy lives in California. Y'all need to go there. I don't have any paperwork with them. I don't have any, like, I don't want any trouble. People are sending messages on, on, on Twitter, on these Jordan scam sites. Contact me. Um, or, do you know Jordan's whereabouts? Like, it's silly stuff. And But Jordan has this team of lawyers right now, and if people go online and say anything about him, he's sending lawyers after him. And, like, I, you know, I mean, he's making money. He's online and saying, like, he's getting money, but he's scamming people, and he's making a lot of money while he's doing it. But like, he's got to be careful. But understand this. It's, you know, it's another money thing. He's a fucking liar. He's lying at every place he went to. And, and right now on your show, I will make a public apology to Jacare for lying. Um, I've been, I was warned. I have the highest and greatest respect for Jacare. Um, and I, I made him say, I got, I have a soft spot for people who have uh, uh, soft stories and uh, and want a chance to improve their lives. You know what I'm saying? I do these marketing events. I help people with the made millionaires. I have these mastermind events. I like help people. I got these guys, you know, Keenan or uh, guys I don't, don't even know who want to come here. I give them opportunity. I don't even know these guys. It's not like these guys were world-class killers before they came here. I gave guys opportunities, and, you know, and that's, that's what I do. And Jordan was one that just, you know, got greedy. He's out here doing I'm not even sure if he does juice anymore. You know, you talk about all those guys you helped, and, and considering that really horrible things 
have been said about you by these people that we're talking about that, you know, could ruin some people's lives forever. I kind of feel like some of these dudes, personally, like your Vieras, Dominic Cruz, Phil Davis, Keenan, that especially if it's all not true, that either way they have some sort of obligation to say this is true or this is not true. Well, the thing is that when you come to sponsors, it's like a, a business type decision. Like if Brandon Zara, I, I speak to him often. I speak to Dominic Cruz, my dad, Phil Davis, my man. Um, like there's no love lost with our friendship. But like I said, with the, the propaganda that they, in the very beginning, they had a very, very thing. And people get scared. I'm telling you, people get scared. Like, like I said, this, first of all, like this whole propaganda and all this near campaign, all the lich mob. I mean, these are like little nerd geeks behind the computer that, that they're, they're internet trolls. And you can see people like in Reddit on CBS News, you, um, these trolls get outed and now you think, no, it's some, it's some 45-year-old father that has uh, three kids and daughters I watch these stories. These are the trolls. It's like, um, these, you know, the kids, the guys are like 20 years old, 22 years old, 21 years old. They just want to compete. They just want to train. You know what I'm saying? And now you have Police officers coming in, drawn down with AK-47s and machine guns and guns, uh, handcuffing the guys, having them question them. And now you got parents, family, friends, you got all the forms uh, saying, "Oh, lawyers of a child molester, lawyers of race people, lawyer, his, his black belt Mike Fowl thing." They've been raping twenty people twenty years. Blah blah blah. All this crap. So then, and it just it comes to a point that's a lot, you know. And so, so lawyer, like, yes, parents like. Let me ask you though. So if and and I don't know Mike Fowler, and I don't know Jordan Schultz. Uh, I don't I don't know any of the guys actually that that uh, were with you there. But why why would they conspire against you? Or is this not a conspiracy? It's just a bunch of isolated incidents. like what's their purpose? What why would your purpose like who? Well, why why would Mike Fowler say the things he said about you? Why would Jordan Schultz take off? Why would uh, Ryan Hall come out and say these things. Like, what? What's their motivation? Well, I think like like I don't want to sound cocky or anything, but like I'm, I'm not at the top, but like I was up there. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm up there. I'm doing. I'm doing what I do. I'm loud in your face. Like I have, I have a high level marketing event. Everyone, everyone in the martial arts industry is at my event. I'm doing um, jujitsu. I've got winning world titles. Got this reality show. I mean, every if you look at as far as me being an industry leader, everything I've, I've done, people either try to knock off or follow my footsteps, you know? And Ryan hated that. And Ryan, Ryan's motivation is simply this. Ryan, like I said, you don't know Ryan, but Ryan thinks he's God gift to jujitsu. When he was a blue belt purple, he would tell me how Hicks and Gracie has this wrong, and how mm-hmm. uh, Noguera, Noguera has this wrong. And I said, man, Are you I, serious? I'm always open for people that expand their mind, but he is so self-centered, and he thinks he has, has and, and, uh, and the thing was, he couldn't do it right now. He said, well, I can't do it right now, but I have the time, and I'll, I'll get it. And, and like that, I, I give credit where credit is due. He does have a very unique mind for jiu-jitsu for himself. But I told him a long time ago, you cannot teach jiu-jitsu the way you think about it, because people don't realize it, and people don't experience like that. And I said, one thing when we put something on video and the world gets to see it and people all over the world can see, oh, wow, you, you, you speak so clear, it makes sense. You, you have an excellent way to teach, and which is true. And he's an excellent video instructor. But think about this. He's, very, he, he's, he's uh, thought about mentioning all the time that some of the best 
instructors in the entire world, right? And but at the same time, at his school, he's been there for five years, six years, seven years. And he hasn't even created a blue belt world champion. Not not even not not a blue belt champion world homegrown. He hasn't even had people. All the people who come there to train with the great Ryan Hall. He hasn't even turned his into a world champion. Not yep. one. Person. How would you answer the criticism that people say that about you with the black belts, though? Oh man, I haven't. Like I, I I'm clear. I understand this. When I when I created a blue belt world champion, it was you never created a purple belt world champion. But you created a purple belt world champion, <laughs> you never created a brown belt world champion. Now, when I created a brown belt world champion, is I created a black belt mm-hmm. champion. But what I will say is this: not one single person besides Solomon Barrel has ever. No, we'll say Solomon Barrow and we give it to um, Andre Perineris, has ever created a black belt world champion as American, okay? And Solo got um, Lovato when he was a black belt, and uh, Perineris got the apparently brown black belt, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's only two people. So if I am in the field with everyone else in the world, I mean, take the top team. I'm no different than, than them, you know what I'm saying? So, but they, I'm in the forefront, so you're thinking about, well, you haven't created a black belt world champion, but who else has? You know what I'm saying? Like, who else has? Right now, we yeah. have Tim Spriggs, who's going to be vying for a black belt world championship. The, the other two Americans that um, are going to be vying for a black belt world championship came from me. So make sure you understand what we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about, are you talking about JT world, and Keenan? Yeah, I fully believe JT and Keenan are going to win a Bible World Championship. I believe they're going to win it when they were here. I believe they're going to win it someday when they're at Atos. I have no, you know, like, I believe that. Do you, do you ever talk to those the guys next generation. You ever talk to Keenan or do JT? Talk to do you ever talk to Keenan yeah, or JT? I talk, talk to Keenan. I don't talk to JT. Interesting. Keenan, uh, I mean, it's been a bright spot in the jiu-jitsu world. He's pretty, pretty damn talented. Um what but, belt? What belt was he? Sorry, what belt was he when when you first started working with him? Was he a purple belt or a blue belt? Keenan. Purple belt, yes. So I mean, really, Keenan really was your champion, but you know he left that that you know, but he really was going to be your guy that was going to be a black belt champion, or is no maybe doubt. even no doubt like like no one no one knew him. He wasn't winning at the time, and like he was getting to the level, he won everything purple belt, um, got a double grand slam at brown belt. He I think he only lost one. Faisal, he, he was undefeated in that. Um, and then everything when he left, like I said, he was still undefeated brown belt. Like I said, he, he's a guy, he's a man. Do, do you do you feel like there is um, in the jujitsu community a bias against you? Of course, no, no if ands or buts. Do you feel like there is a bias against you in the IBJJF? IBJJF, no. So, do you feel like there are people who do not? Um, this, do you feel like there are people in the IBJJJF who do not want you to succeed in terms of building a successful world champion? I, I can't say it. I mean, like the I've been, I've been very vocal with my problems with the IBJJF, um, the refing. Uh, I attend all the black belt meetings. Um, uh, they're trying to work on it, but like I said. I, I still feel today, as long as you have guys that are on the other team that um, uh, that are refing matches and have friends that have deep roots to them, I mean, it's always going to be some bias. You know, what I mean? it's like a, uh, it's kind of like a natural thing. Like, like if I, if I, if, if you're refereeing, uh for a guy 
and uh, you get the opportunity to give advantage or not give advantage and hear a friend from the last 20 years against some guy who's, you know, you don't even know who he is. I mean, and, it, and it's kind of up in the air. I mean, some people are doing it. Like, I've seen, like, a lot of bad calls. Um, IBJF is doing a great job trying to institute new rules, but, like, my position to, to them, and I always put my word out there, as long, until you remove and that X factor where you put it in the referee's hands where they have the ability to sway a, a, a match, then it's always going to have a possibility for some bad calls to happen. But I don't, I don't believe that IBJF is out against Lloyd Irvin, you know, or out against um, me personally. I say it's just IBJF has bad calls. I mean, I've seen guys who have world champions and have, uh, you know, strong teams and big-name guys who get bad calls, too. And when that call happens, they have a, bad, a problem. They're yelling. They're screaming, too. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's, it's a wrecking problem. But, like I said, IBJF is trying to work on it. Um, but it takes time. It takes, you know, it takes time. And, you know, they always talk to the heads of, of all the teams and they're, they're working on it. But, like I said, I'm not happy. My, my, my number one position is this. I believe they should allow us to put up money for a call that we feel that that we should be able to get it reviewed because when you go to semifinals and finals, like man, like the rule had to be standard across the board. Like we had, like there's a position right now, like Tim Tim passed a double under, and then one one tournament um, we're going to get disqualified because they were slamming the person when we're trying to pick up the double under, and then other matches people have been picking up all the double under the entire time, slamming people in the head, and they're not even getting a warning. So like if it's a, if it's a, Illegal, or you get a warning, or you get disqualified. That's fine, but let us know. Let it be even across the board because we won't do it anymore. Do, do you think that? Um, and I do you think in the in the jujitsu world that there's a bias against you? And do you think that a part of that is because you're black? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, we can go step by step the things that have happened in other scenarios and other situations. Like I give you an example right now. There's there's a person who's known for trying to put together gossip and, and news stories about sexual assaults and stuff like that all throughout the BJJ community. Right now, they're covering up uh, one of the biggest uh, sex crimes, not, I want to say crime, one of the biggest sex scandals in all of Texas right now as we speak. And these people first came out and made a little soft blurb about it this past Friday, but haven't wrote any stories, haven't, you don't see any stories in Bloody Elbow, you, you haven't seen any stories on any other media site, but if that had been Lloyd Irvin, there would be, it would be on Bloody Elbow, it would be in every media site, there would be blogs about it, there would be stories about it, it would be in the forums, there would be blasting like, why is that? You know what I'm saying? No. Like, why is there a person, why, and what I'm saying is, one, this person that's in town, that was how the soldier, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, they're talking about, oh, be careful of lawsuits. I don't care about lawsuits. They can try to see me out. defend my own lawsuit. I got the money to handle my own lawsuit. So please, please sue me, right? Out of solace, and one day he comes up and says all of a sudden he closes his school. They're switching the, the ownership of the school to somebody else to start another school, and he's disappearing. His website's down within 24 hours. Uh, people are putting numbers like, like everyone knows that people have heard the rumors and the alleged activities for the last few years about Alvin Souls. And make sure you understand that Alvin Souls is one of the guys that was out here bashing TLI. He's doing an interview with, with uh, the, the reporter girl. Um, with Nick Schultz, and he's out there, anti-team whatever, anti-team whatever. And now he's caught up himself in the biggest 
sex thing in Texas right now. Tony Harris, who was, was in the MMA major, came to my event. He comes out, and he's anti-T-Lord Irvin, anti-T-Lord. These guys are this. These guys are that. Then he, guess what happened to him? He gets accused of a sexual assault. He gets arrested. He's in jail. Where are all the blog posts on him? You know, Where are all the stories on him? The, like, the- the other guy that was the other guy that was real vocal, I just I just noticed, which was the guy they call War Machine, who ended up going to prison for <laughs> for beating and raping somebody. But he was all you know. It seemed like there was a lot yeah. of people that were happy when all this bad stuff came out on you. It seemed like a lot of people were happy to hear it. I mean, and and I can tell you that I myself have experienced the um, internet warriors and the and the and the because when this first came out, I, I all I said was that. You know, that these guys were acquitted, so how do I know if they're guilty? And that you were acquitted, so how do I know that you're guilty? And the next thing I knew, I look on the internet, and someone starts a thread that I'm a rape apologist, and that basically that I'm for rape. And I'm like, I'm like, thanks a lot for the rest of my fucking life. If somebody Google searches me, it's going to have my name next to rape. So I, I, I get what you're saying, because I got put in there just a little bit just on this podcast, just for not, you know, jumping the gun and saying that you're guilty of something that I didn't know anything about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, every, everybody who you can name, everybody who came out like loud, like you said, War Machine. Yeah, Tom Cowles came out loud. I understand that Tom Cowles is a woman beater. He has a domestic abuse charge, and now he'll say that oh, he went to uh, anger management and tried to laugh off. But regardless of the fact, he's a woman. Like he's a woman beater. So now he's coming out like, and he had, he had financial uh, things in the game. He thinks he's in uh, the, like a martial arts consultant. We're, we're two different things. He, I charge ten thousand, twenty five thousand, fifty thousand dollars for my coach. He charges ten bucks or whatever his thing. Like we do two different, we do separate things. And he's no threat to me. And like he just come out yelling blah 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 blah. blah you know. Um, it's just James Valentine. James Valentine's a, a former student. He's out there talking about, uh, I tried to recruit him to be a metal chaser, and, and uh, he didn't want, like, James Valentine was never a metal chaser. James Valentine was the type of person that they wanted him kicked off our team. Listen, he bit Mike Fowler's dick in training, and he bit Tyrone Glover on purpose because they were beating him. You know, they, they, everyone was coming to me like, Come on, you got to kick this guy out. You got to say he's, he's biting Mike Fowler. He's biting Tyrone Glover, who was a guest at our facility. But, um, Mike Fowler had to go to the doctor. I mean, yeah, had to go to the hospital. And I said, and I talked to James, and he was apologizing. Like I said, I'm, everyone was looking bad at me because I didn't kick him out off the team. And now I keep him on the team, and then he leaves. He goes to uh, San Francisco. He trains with Hal Gracie, gets his black belt. Like I said, I'm not even talking to him. He comes out and writes his nice long letter about me, talking about how it wasn't for me and how it helped him so much, blah, blah, blah. And then when the, the, the TLI stuff comes out, he wants to be out there shouting and talking. And now this guy's cheating on his wife. And he ended up getting a divorce over this cheat. Like, you're out here, like, you're out here cheating on your wife. You've been talking like all these people have baggage. The, the, the ladies out here, like, alleged, she'd have an alleged affair with alleged, obviously, allegedly uh, resulted in her recent divorce. And, like, every single one of them have shit in their past. Everyone should, every single one of them has stuff like, but they're still not saying anything. I mean, like, like when I had this investigator, we got so much information. They're not saying anything. Like, like no one's saying anything. If you, can you check your email real quick? Yeah. Yeah, I checked it. All 
right, so you look at your email. That is an email. I got, what I'm going to ask you to not, you know, to say, we'll, we'll talk about those, but keep this private. But I just want to make a, a clear point. What I just sent you was a communication between me and Mike Fowler's mother. Now, what I will say is this. You have my permission right now on, on this interview. Please read me what Mike Fowler's, response, Mike, Mike Fowler's mother's response to me was. Uh, I'll, I'll read it. Um, and this is what you sent me. I just going to throw it out there. I have no way of knowing who actually sent this to you or whatever, but I'll, I'll read it. It says, I believe you Lloyd. And I never believed Tracy or Michael. I knew she was trouble from the very beginning and look how she screwed up. Not only his life, but his head passing off Thor as his son is incomprehensible. You did a lot for Michael and I really appreciate it. Wow. That was pretty now, heavy. Now, now understand this. Even right now, as I'm talking to you, I still got love for Mike. Like, and what happened to him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even wish on, wish on my worst enemy. And so when he's out here saying, fuck Lloyd, and he's out here saying, I've been raping, 20, raping women for 20 years. Like, I mean, he's straight up lying. And Why, would, like, he, why would he do that, he, though? Like, why would he just say, I'm just going to start making up lies about Lloyd Irvin? I, mean, I don't know. I've never sent that text. I never spoke to him. Now let me let, let me let me tell you this. Um, uh, I have a, another message that I can send that to you later from the the redhead reporter, uh, where she breaks down what her belief was um, with Mike. All right. So I understand. So 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 let 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 let's get down to like some more facts just so it's clear. So Mike Fowler. Comes and asks for opportunity to train in Maryland with me full time. I allow him to, and he lives with me. I put him in my house. Now he's now out here in the fighter house, and he lives with me, all right? So this goes on. Don't quote me on the exact time. He lives with me for a year, two years, and then he moves with Master Valley and them. And then we're training, training, training. And in three and a half, four years, he gets his black belt. Three and a half years, he gets his black belt. Then he moves to San Diego, right? So, mind you, so three and a half, those three and a half, four years, I must have been raping people based upon what he's saying, right? So then he moves to San Diego, and he stays, he stays in San Diego for, let's say, one year, okay? And then from San Diego, he moves to Guam. And so now, four and a half, four and a half, five years or so, I'm raping people. He's out in San Diego away from me because I, I heard it. Mike said that once you're in the cold, it's hard to even realize that you're in the cold. But understand now, we're in San Diego, and we're now what? Out of the cold. So then he moves to Guam. He's in Guam for a year, a year and a half, two years, whatever. And he called me out of the blue one day after him and Tracy came um, for, for a holiday, and they want to, uh, you know, train, they go back. And then he called me out of the blue and said, hey, I want to be a world champion again. Can me and Tracy come back? And actually, Tracy called me, and then Mike called me, and then so they come. So I allow them to come back. I get a house for Mike, uh, put them her, him and Tracy up, and now they're back here. So I understand this. So now he's here for four years of people. Then he leaves for a year. He's out of the cult, and then he's in Guam for a year and a half or so. He, he's out of the cult, and then all of a sudden he comes back to me and calls me and wants to what? Come back into the cult? Was he really in the cult? Or was he not in the cold? Or was he out of it yet? Or was he not out of it yet? But either way, he, he not not only 
does he want to come back? He wants to come back and bring his girlfriend, all right? So what type of sense does that make? It makes absolutely no sense, okay? So then he comes back, and now they're, they're living here, and we're chilling, and we're so forth. And let, let, me, let me tell you something, another ironic turn, um, turn of events, because when Mike sent me that message when I was with my mother in the hospital, I had just spoken to Tracy about her coming back. She wanted to come back and train. She wanted to come see my mom. And, and things were so so good that I called Bert. There's a guy named Berto. He's, in, he's in like a, one of the owners of Purebred Guam. And I called Bert. I said, listen, Bert, I'm not sure what the problem between me and Mike Fowler is, but I want you to do me a favor. Can you fix it for me? He said, I'll do my best, Bob, but I don't think the problem is Mike. I think the problem is Tracy. And when he said that, I, I, I said, okay, you know, I said, all right, well, do, do your best. And he said, I will. And and at that point, um, I didn't have any doubt because I already called Tracy. Tracy's cool. Tracy wants to come train. So then it's all good. And then that's when I get the, uh, the text message from Mike with his crazy old message not, not knowing what's going on, going on, and that's when I just ignored it. So, like, if you see the whole, like, like what what is he saying? Like, he hasn't said nothing. Like, he's just going on a rampage. But what it does do is this. So for Mike Fowler, not Mike Fowler, for all the people in the lynch mob and all the smear campaigns, they now have a guy that was really close to Lloyd and lived with Lloyd and trained with Lloyd and got his black brother Lloyd. And if, and if anyone would know, he would know, right? So... Like, what did he know? I mean, what is he saying? He what, doesn't say nothing. But what would that really also say about him if all these things are true and you've done all these things for all these years and for all these years that he's with you and for all these years he's never said a word until now? I mean, if all that was true, then what does that say about him as well? Not only that, like, would, do you think that he would have seen me raping people for four years left and assumed I was raping people for another three years, so seven years of pure raping, and then he wants to bring his his wife and his girlfriend back to train with us with all the rapists? Come on. I, I, I don't... Unless, unless, unless he wants people to believe that those three and a half years he was away from us, he was still influenced and, and caught up in the cult. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but from somebody's standpoint who's on the outside, can you yep. see can you see that it's very hard for somebody to take everything that you say and and one believe it one hundred percent and two have have empathy for you? Well the thing is, you know, you, you like you know me and you've heard my interviews for a long time. I don't need empathy from anybody. Right? What what one of the one of the reasons I agreed to do this this um entire interview is because on, on my mom's deathbed, she told me that because I have my, my son who's named Lloyd, and she told me that um, if you allow everyone else to put out in the forums or put online what, what their thing is, when they're just flat out lying, if you allow that and don't have your, your information out there, my, your son, people at your school, new people from your school, no one will have the true side of the story or no one will have your side of the story. So one thing is this is my side of the story. And people can listen to it, they can break it down, they can think about it, and they can say, well, I don't believe them. Well, I believe them. Wow, like, that makes sense. Because for me, on our side, I'm saying this, on our side, we know Mike Fowler in the back of our head. Like, there's stuff that we would never even mention or even talk about that has happened to him, which is sad, and things that have gone on that we won't bring up. But 
man, the guy's been tormented. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and part of the thing, he, he blames me for, uh, you know, whatever part he feels that I contributed to as far as this text he sent me. Um, also, on our team, he tells everyone these stories about how I didn't believe in him and how I didn't um, support his goal to become the world champion. Well, when he, come, when he came back, I'm a realist. I have a problem with lying to people that have goals and come to me and trust me. So there was a point that Mike Fowler said, hey, like, he sat me down. We were at a place called Chicken Kebab in Ashley, Maryland. He sat down and asked me face-to-face. He said, do you believe I can live by my world champion? And I told him no. And later on, I found that was one of the, like, Tracy told me that, that that conversation really hurt him. But listen, you cannot be training half-time. Like, Mike's all in love. Like, if you're not focused on jiu-jitsu, you're training every so often. You're not training every day. You're not doing your drill. You're not doing these things. And you kind of burn out. I don't believe anyone in that situation can win a black belt world title. So I'm not going to sit here and say, yes, I do think you can do it, doing what you're doing. I, I don't believe that. There was another time, like, Master Daniel guy told me that, that he had a problem that when we were in Europe, and he had just lost to, uh, I think it was Guto Campos, uh, the Europeans, he was coming over talking to me. But JT was going to come up and go compete against Michael Landy. So as he was talking to me, I said, I'd go coach Landy. Well, I hear these stories about how he says that I walked away from him, I threw my back on him to JT, and JT was up new on the team. But I'm a really, Mike fought, Mike lost, JT's up. I need to go coach JT, and then after JT finished, I can come back and talk to him. But, like, people get these, people get, and they're stealing so much. But, like, I don't really know. I said, um, at the same time, uh, I have a lot of people that not only not, don't believe me, I have a lot of supporters. I mean, people that come on behind the scenes and talk to me, people that, come, that publicly stepped out in the fire and supported me, people that are influenced. I mean, like like like, like one guy, Hilda Gracie, like Hilda Gracie sent a, a message to me for support like that, and he is somebody I absolutely idolize as far as his, his, his fighting spirit, his... his uh, Martial his background, his whole life, you know, like that. And when people have people like that, like, I'm not worried about, like, like, like the community, per se. You know what I'm saying? I love the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community. Um, people use it lightly. Like, like, there's different types of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community. You have the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community, the people who have created blogs or created uh, websites um, or, or, or forums. There, there's a forum crew. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I think about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community, like, when we go to Brazil, we go to IBJF, and we have these black belt meetings and stuff like that, like, the people who are really I understand. I understand what you're saying, and there's a lot of layers to it when you refer to the community yeah. of jujitsu. But let me let me ask you this because we we asked you a lot of questions, and you know, and I told you straight up as soon as you answer the phone, you know, like I didn't send you questions ahead of time. I didn't tell you exactly what we were going to ask, but I said, hey, we're going to ask you some tough questions, and that's just how it is. You want to still do it or not, and you agree to do it, and you know, I appreciate that. I I do want to ask you. If you if if you could speak to the jiu-jitsu community and I'm talking about like the basic jiu-jitsu community not the Brazil Brazilian people you know the the real move makers I'm talking about the common folks the people that are reading bloody elbow the people that are on sure dog the people that are on the Atama jiu-jitsu forum I'm talking about all that and the people that run all their blogs and in their in their Tumblr sites and whatever right um what what do you want them to know 
about you, Lloyd Irvin? You know, what's your statement to them? My statement is this. In this entire scenario, there was a complete smear campaign. I, if there's something that I did wrong, I'll take credit for it. But let me give, let me give you the, the example from the beginning. January 13th, I'm mean, sorry, January 2013, there was a New Year's Eve incident. One guy, Mikhail, had been on my team for 30, less than 30 days. The other guy, Nick Schultz, had been on my team for about nine months. One came to me as a purple belt, was still a purple belt. Mikhail came to me as a, a brown belt world champion from Alliance, had been, had, came to me, he was on the team for 30 days. They try to say that that these are team motor and guys that we bred this. They try to turn it into we have a race culture. We do not have a race culture. Lord of the martial arts has been involved teaching kids, teaching adults, teaching women for 17 years. In that 17-year period, the first time we've ever had any situation like this was January 2013. And the people that the two outsiders, one who had been with us for 30 days, one had been with us for nine, nine, nine months. These guys had their situation with another student that was on our team, and they went to court, they went to trial, they had it. No matter how people feel about the result, that was that. That was not a representation of Lloyd Irvin's Martial Arts Academy or Team Lloyd Irvin or what we do in any way, shape, fashion, or form. What, what about the victim? What would you say to her? What I'd say to her is the same thing. If she's listening to this, everything that I said to her was 100% true. She called me and said, Master Lloyd, if they get off, will they be allowed back on the team? I said, no. She said, are you sure? I said, absolutely, positive, not. First of all, it must be it must be said that when the situation happened, they were kicked off the team. They were never a, a member of the team or allowed the team in order to pay for their, their court fees. They were kicked they were kicked off the team. One. Two, not even because of the sexual assault and what happened in the basement or whatever allegedly happened. They were kicked off the team because they left her in the basement, in the garage, on a cold floor, and that's not what we do. That's pretty heinous, in right? In any way, there. shape, fashion, in and of itself. Again? In and of itself, that part was pretty heinous of the whole situation, no matter what. One hundred percent. And because of that fact, they could no longer be on our team in any shape, fashion, or form. Now, what happened with her? People got in her ear and started telling her these lies and make her believe these things. Like how? Like how can someone say I paid? Like I'm not. Their legal fees is probably like forty thousand, fifty, sixty thousand. I'm not paying. I didn't pay a lot of legal fees. Like I said, it's so much stuff. These stories. When it comes to propaganda, when it comes to propaganda, one of the propaganda you can Google propaganda and look at the Wikipedia. One of the things of propaganda is to make the ship seem like it's sinking, make it seem like people are leaving, so that if that starts happening, so let me right. Uh, Alliance MMA cut ties with Team Lord Irvin. Team Lord Irvin lost the biggest affiliate in Beta Academy. The mass exodus of metal chasers uh, crippled Team Lord Irvin. Like, crippled, like, listen, understand this. Within seven days after this mass exodus of metal chasers crippled Team Lord Irvin, we go to Boston Open and we win the entire Boston Open. 
You don't see anything like that. Oh, like how are we crippled? Like these are just stories. This person needs team order. That person kept out of team order. See, that was out there trying to make people say, well, man, oh my, oh my God, the shit, shit must be sinking, so it has to be something bad. But what's bad? What, you know what what is, like, they, like, do, you, do you feel like, um, well, I'm, I'm not even going to suggest that. Let, let, let me ask you this. Do you have any contact with the, the uh, victim today? No, none at all. So wh- when, is, when is the last time you, you guys spoke? The last time I spoke to her off the top of my head, I think could have, could have been that day that she called and asked would, um, if they got off, would they be allowed to be uh, on the team anymore? With, without, you know, divulging identity or information or whatever, do you know if she's still training or involved in jiu-jitsu? I do not know. She's still friends with people that are here. Like, if I don't ask about it, like, those types of situations, I don't want any, like, any unnecessary trouble. So is is that the finality? I mean, I I know I asked you to uh, speak to the jiu-jitsu community, and and I did throw in a couple extra questions there. I mean, it, it, did you do you feel like you've been able to say all that you wanted to say? Is there anything else that you want to say? I mean, there's lots of stuff I want to say. I want to make sure I answer all your questions. But if you have any questions that you think you need to cover, I'll do that. But I have lots of stuff to say. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, we've asked the questions that people have wanted to ask, potentially. I, I don't know when the last time is that you've given an interview. I don't think you've done it in a while. But, um, you know, I wanted to, to get that, give you that opportunity and, and to talk to you about that. And, you know, do, is there is do you feel like there's something we should have asked that we didn't ask? I mean, there's a few things that you can ask me about the 1989 case because they, they want to they want to jump on that. Uh, at the same time, I I say this, you know, like like so, let we've had a two year smear campaign. I mean, like it's a it was a, it was an excellent job. I give um Ryan big props for his, his open letter, which is what we call a propaganda letter that got everything started. And but at the same time, like you have to ask yourself, like what thing warranted a two-year all-out smear campaign from the forums to the news stories to everything, right? So what is the thing? Because we have harassment right now, like like the, the, the little wannabe reporter comes on the page and says, fuck Tim Spriggs. They do things like fuck Najee Easton. Like, what is Tim Spriggs? And what is Najee? Oh, they, they stayed with... They stayed with who? You stayed with TLS, the rape team, the rape culture. Like, like, what are you talking about? Like, where's the rape culture? You're saying I got, I got, I have a 17 year history, and and what do you want to say is the thing that now wants to try to ruin my 17 year history and turn it into a rape culture? You don't have one single thing, you know. Um, like, what is it? So, what is the thing that makes people want to harass? Niger or wants to harass Tim Sprigg or harass anyone on our team who competes and wins and does anything, right? What is the thing? What is, is it? Because, what is so, the thing? Yeah, I'm asking. I'm is it because I, they think I paid for the, the lawsuit? Because they think they know what's going to happen to 1989 case? Is it because, because Team Order is uh, Mateo and Nick Schultz? You know what I'm Mateo is 30 days on our team. How, how on earth could you think that we taught? that we taught 
this culture into a person that's been with us for 30 days. Like, to be a male trainer, you have to be on the team for at least a year in the male trainer program. These guys hadn't even been through the program. But like I said, and I don't have anything against the guys. The guys went to the hand for or they're doing their thing wherever, wherever they are, doing their thing. But at the same time, the, 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 the people out here, they attempted to say that we have a culture of this. Like, where is the culture? Like, there is no culture. So yeah, and, and, and check it out. And, and if they want to, if they want a world title, would be in thirty days. And they want they only look at thirty days. They'll say, "Oh, well, he's not really from them." But then they wouldn't give the credit for that. <laughs> I mean, that's how it is. Each and every, every everything. But, so right, right now, why don't you see blog post after story after story about this guy having an effect right now? Why, why, why is the person that had this guy out of the on their podcast? Interviewing these shows, doing these stories. Because I'll, I'll tell you why. Because it is alleged, and I have lots of friends in Texas, and lots of it is alleged that the redhead person is covering up, and has, as long as that person steps down, and they're going to cover up to the best of the book. So they're, they're, they're touching, they're touching on stuff, but they're not saying anything. You're not doing no crime. Like they know, they know everything, right? They know everything about everything. Bother everybody, but now you don't know anything about this. Come on, you're lying. I, I mean, I, I understand that you're speaking in a little bit of a language to not exactly name names. Um, so it, it could be a little bit difficult to understand. But essentially, it sounds like what you're saying is that whoever you, uh, you talked about the smear campaign and Bloody Elbow and, and what your allegations were as far as that goes. But you're suggesting that there's an effort by others in the jujitsu quasi media community to ignore other cases? Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, there, there's some people that are ignoring certain things. Like right now, you go out and try to dig out and try to find out information about um, what's happening in Texas. You have to go to Bushido to find that information out. Another thing, too, these groups, but there's, a, there's a group online that has their own private Facebook group, and, and we have people inside the Facebook group. They have their own private Facebook group, and their Facebook group for the last two years has been dedicated to have people attack me, attack people on my team, people they listen, they were posting all of our affiliates and people were calling all of our affiliate schools trying to say, You better pull away from Lloyd Irvin. If you don't do this now, we're not gonna support you and then they're gonna put the, all the schools name. I mean it's like silly stuff. But inside this Facebook group they are directing who to, what to go to. Hey, there's a post on this form, go in here and do this. Go over here and do that. Hey, call the people that do that. Call this sponsor, do this. Call this, call this um, promotion and say if you if you let people or other guys compete, then we're we're going to boycott you. I mean, the promoters called me. What, the, what's the name of this group? <laughs> what's the name of this group? I don't know what they call themselves. Huh. You know, I want since you brought it, I want to ask you this. Um, you know, thirty years ago, you know, you were acquitted. Some other guys were found guilty. You were there. Was that Woman raped, or did you ever feel like she was being raped at that party? She was never raped, ever, ever, ever. And make sure you understand this: the story that they put out there and want you to believe is eight. Don't no, don't quote me on my exact numbers, but eight, nine, ten guys were um, charged with rape, and all the guys went to court, and all the guys were were convicted of rape except me, right? And this is absolutely garbage, and they and I'm pretty sure that they know it's garbage, but no 
want to talk about it being garbage. So this was happening. It was a party. It wasn't 10 guys and one girl. It was a party. It's like 15, 20 guys and a bunch of different girls. And when the situation happened, it was 100% consensual. And after the encounter at the, at the hotel, I mean, at the apartment, at that point, when the police started doing an investigation and then she decided to call Lake, um, people started getting arrested. And out of, like I said, don't quote me on the exact numbers, but it's going to be very close. Out of the nine to ten guys that were charged, me and another guy were the first two guys that got uh, went to court. We got, I, I got found not guilty on sodomy and rape. The other guy got found not guilty on sodomy and got convicted on rape, and then that was that. Then two more guys um, who gave statements. Understand this? When you get arrested, and I said, I was young, I'm 19, 20 years old. When I got arrested, like, I knew for a fact, don't talk to the police. He, he wants to be a lawyer. These other guys, at the same time, where the cops are saying, you better do this, and they're calling us bigger that, bigger this, and threatening us, saying, you don't do this. If you tell us right now what's going on, you you're not going to jail at night, and you're not going home. And, and like I said, and this is, understand, in Virginia, it's different. Uh, and it's what we call the Southern Virginia. It's, it's 1989 in Virginia, if you understand what that means. And so the other guys gave statements, bought into the good, good cop, bad cop thing, made their statements. Uh, many of them were lies. But anyway, when they had their day in court, they had to face, and, they, and the lawyer couldn't do anything based upon their um, testimony they gave. They got found guilty, all right? Now, after that, there was a guy who came forward who, who refused to, to talk in the beginning with some new information. And this new information that came out caught everyone off guard, and the guy who got convicted with the rape with me um, got acquitted. I mean, not acquitted. They, had, they, they overturned his conviction. Now, understand this. Don't know black people in Virginia on rape charges get their stuff overturned for, with no with something not major happening, okay? He got it overturned. He was released from jail. And, and one thing, the, the guy was the girl's boyfriend, and he was at the um, apartment that night. And so now when that came out, guess what happened? All the convictions, this is how the convictions happened. And Have you ever heard of Brian Banks' case? No, I, no, haven't. I haven't. All right, so it's a famous football player guy who got um, sentenced to um, had a rape charge, and they did a big story on it on CBS. But the the thing was, the girl lied, and he did his he did his time uh, while he was in jail. He got out of jail. When he got out of jail, after doing his time, he's registered sex offender. Then the girl hits him up on Facebook, and they they hook up, meet, and he's recording her, and she basically apologized for lying to him. I'm sorry, I'm lying on him, and, and she got she got all this money, and she didn't want to get in trouble. And so they took that, and they filmed it, and they exonerated him, removed he's no longer a sex offender. But it's like a it's like a big case. But the point was. The, his lawyer told him to take the five-year plea because the way you've never been through like a court, the way it works is this: the prosecutors want to become judges one day or want to become a um, get a political office. It's about winning, and you need to win at all costs. And so when they give you these plea deals, it's basically a gamble. They gave him a plea deal, say, "Listen, we'll give you a five-year plea deal, or 
you can take this to court, and if you lose, you have 25 to 30 years in jail. And, like, on the CBS story, you can see it yourself. The lawyer told us, listen, we may be able to win, you may not be able to win, but I wouldn't take a chance. I would take the five-year deal. So he took the plea. So back to our situation, um, when when the guy got out of jail on appeal, not appeal, they overturned his case, got, got out, the prosecutor went to not only him, went to every single one of the people remaining and gave them a plea deal. And this is a plea deal. You guys plead guilty. We'll give you no jail time. You don't have to spend one single day in jail. Or you try to fight this. If you lose, you spend 25 years to life in prison. And most of you, listen, to, to fight somebody like that, you had to spend like 70, 80,000 bucks. Most of you guys didn't have no money. So guess what they did? They took a plea deal. So it's not like they, like they would have you believe that all these guys went to court and went to trial and got convicted. No, they got plea deals. Now think about this. If you read all the hate mail and all the hate sites, read what they say. The the girl was beat up and she was hung over a balcony and all this and that. Like this, Virginia is not going to know black people with no evidence like that, and give them a plea deal with zero time served. It's not happening. No ifs, no ands, no buts. And it was, a, it was a straight political deal. Listen, race is serious. And, and like I said, for the victims, like I said, I get it. Like I said, I'm 100% against rape. I don't support rape in any way, shape, fashion, or form. Since 1996, I've, when I've had rape prevention seminars, I've never charged a single penny Never charged a single penny. The, the 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 event that happened in '89 scared me so straight. Understand this? I listen. I went to play football. I went in the pleasure fraternity. I went to parties. Been in college. Had a great time. I've I've seen other parties. You know, frat brothers, frat football teams, sports, regular people having group sex. You said no one's listening. I don't want anything about it. I never forget one time I was at a party. Uh, they were, you know, guy having sex, blah, blah, blah. I went out in the car and slept in the car. I didn't want to be involved. For the next 20 plus years, I mean, like, some people may don't get this. There's some women, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but there's some women who like having sex with multiple guys, and some women that don't. But they got, got girls that do, that's their thing. I'm not saying it's right, I'm not saying it's wrong. If I had a daughter, I wouldn't want her to do it, but that's what it is. Now, some people who don't understand this as a reality, that's their own thing. But I was never involved in a rape. I have never watch a rape, I never participate in rape, I don't support rape, I'm 100% anti-rape. Wow, that, that's a lot of things that I have, about that particular case that I that, that I haven't <laughs> heard before. That, that's very interesting. A lot of people know, I'm telling you, these people know it, but they're not putting the information out. And anytime we say something, they'll come out at, at this thing and try to dispute what I'm saying. You can't dispute what I'm saying. Like, like... The eight, the eight or nine guys were convicted, and the only person that got off was Lloyd. No, it's not. Listen, these guys were given plea deals. In the, like I said, Mateo and them were given plea deals, and their plea deal was like five or six years. These guys were given plea deals with zero time. Zero time. They'll say, well, what about the other guys that uh, did, did go to court and did say, yeah, they went to court, but they also lied trying to put blame on other people and, the, and not, not understand that the girl was saying they did stuff, too. And the cops lied to them. Listen, listen, the criminal justice system is a horrible, horrible thing. Yeah, you're 19 years old. You're scared to death. You got good cops. You got bad cops. But the cops are only trying to do what? Trying to get a, uh, you to testify. 
so they can hold it against you. It's like um, it's like all the information out here against me, like I said, is none of it's factual. That's why when I said I, I'll do the interview, and I didn't need to know what questions you're going to ask me. You can ask me any questions you want. These are facts. And and you understand that if, if anything was not true, people would attack it, attack it, attack it. But they can't attack what I'm saying. Every single one of the people that got convicted outside of, I think, those two guys that went to court, they were offered plea deals. And the, and the plea deal was zero time. And no black man in America will ever go to do a rape in Virginia and ever get a plea deal with zero time served in Virginia. Period. Ever. It's, it's ever. It's so, almost like Texas. So, Lloyd, who do you think, you know, going back to getting away from just the rape itself, they talked about Team Lloyd Irvin uh, fostering a rape culture. But, uh, during that time when this all broke out, there was a lot more coming out other than just the sexual assaults. They were attacking your business tactics, um, just your culture of how you ran your team. Um, some alleging that, you know, you were, you were using people to, you know, Hey, you want to be the best. You want to train with the best. You got to, you got to do what it takes. And what it takes is, you know, basically doing what master Lloyd says, um, you know, working for next to nothing. Um, people that were part of your affiliate program, um, there was an allegation of you, uh, uh, requiring money from somebody on a deal and them stalling you out or, you know, them disagreeing and you showing up to a meeting with them with another person and a gun, bringing a gun to a, uh, that, to that, a regular that, business. That's meeting. not upon city's ass. Listen, I, I, I carry a gun everywhere I go and it wasn't about beating money. I, I've never taken one single penny from an affiliate ever in my entire life. I'm, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm not in the business of making money from this type of stuff. Like, my affiliation wasn't even like an association for real. It's like a bunch of guys who like each other, and we, and we, we all fight on the team of Irvin. I don't take not one single thing. I've never charged anyone in my entire life for 17 years not a single penny for being a member of um, our relation. As far as what we do as far as um, my business practice, like talk about business practices. I have four, four to five guys that have helped become millionaires in the martial arts. Who I have a bunch of guys that are over the five hundred to eight hundred thousand dollar mark. There's a bunch of guys that have t- taken from ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars a month to a hundred thousand plus a month. I mean, I've changed people's lives, helped them keep their houses. Uh, you know, I mean, like the the attack on the MMA millionaires was trying to do damage to what they felt that was my only source of income. I mean, they said it in the very beginning, that's ruining. They got stories and blog posts about uh, the MMA millionaires, all the victims. What are the victims? Hey, listen, I just, I just had an event just three weeks ago for $3,000. I had like 18 guys in the room. I mean, I could only take 15 people. Two, three other people were, were um, guests. And these guys have been coming to my events for the last five years. So if they've been getting scammed for the last five years, you think they would pay me three thousand dollars? I have another event on March May fifteenth and seventeenth and June twenty fifth and twenty sixth for three thousand dollars, and I have eighteen people sign up for the June one already. Like the the, the people that were attacking me, saying that I'm doing scams are people that had were trying to get involved in the same business I have. I mean, I got knock upon who's trying to get in the MMA consulting, trying to do what I what I was doing. There's another fat boy out in New York who's trying to do what I'm doing. Like I said, we sued. I can't really talk about them because we already came to settlement. So forth. got that money. You know what I'm saying? I got that money, and they talking shit about nothing. You know what I'm saying? But when it comes down to it, you got to stand up to the law. And when the law comes, let me say, when the law comes, you got to start showing checkbooks. You got to start showing bank receipts. You got to start showing emails. 
they start showing all this stuff, and like they're just lying. So, um, and right now, the thing, thing about this, think about this. Look how many people are doing 30 day free right now as you and I speak. How many people right now are have opt-in boxes on their websites and are sending out emails and have widgets and offer free video lessons? How many people right now are selling DVDs, doing my style of marketing, right? Tons. Everyone's still doing it, but it was a scam. Like, if it was a scam, why have you stopped doing it? At least, like, guys like Knoxville has at least the respect to leave the 30-day free and move the 7-day free, but it's the same goddamn thing. Once you come in, it's the same process. I mean, they're not going to change it. And they say, oh, I, I learned it. Oh, I, I'm changing. They're doing the same thing. It works. Like, I've been doing it for 17 years. I'm not 17 years. I had to school 17 years. I started probably doing this in 2000, so 15 years. I've been doing it. There's no scam. And I have a healthy student. I got students that have been with us for 10, 12, 13 years that are still here as kids are still training. Uh, like, what is the scam? Like, where's the scam? You know, it is a strategy and a tactic that they use to attempt. And they did a good job. I'll tell you, a good, good job. But it's the same thing with the propaganda. All these people are leaving that person. And, they, and the people in the mastermind groups and the people in the, in the comes to this, like, they don't know me as good as these guys. They're, well, something must be wrong. Well, let's step, step back and see what's wrong. Lloyd's a rapist. Lloyd's a child molester. Lloyd's this. Lloyd's that. Lloyd uh, has, I'll I, I give you another one, Den, Mark Dinsberger. Now, there's a, there's a guy named Mark Dinsberger who got um, arrested and he's in jail for child molestation. He was the head of the ASA Sambo Association, okay? Now, I got my black belt in Sambo from a guy named Eric Grove, um, but Dennisberger is, like, the overseer of the association. So, like, I'm not doing a great comparison, like, the IBJF, but, you know, like, Carl Gracie Jr. is the head of the IBJF, whether you get your belt, belt directly from him. So... This guy, Dinsburg, they're trying to say that uh, Lloyd Irvin had a case in 89. His, his sample instructor had, well, is a child molester. And then they're trying to build this uh, cult culture, right? Well, check this out. I've never, I've never taken a class with Mark Dinsburg a single day in my life. I've done one seminar with him in my entire life. I've probably seen him personally three times in my entire life, right? But did you know Seth Smith is also a black belt under Mark Dinsburg? I mean, if you want to go there, but they didn't attack. Ryan Hall from 50 City because Seth was also a black belt under ASA. You, you didn't even hear anybody mention it. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I mean, and I think that you've you've been pretty frank with us tonight, and I and I do appreciate that. Um, I'm not sure what else to say at this point. I, I you know, I'm sure what's going to happen is we're going to put this out, and there's probably going to be a a lot of responses and I just want to throw this out there and open invite to anybody who might disagree with what Lloyd Irvin says or may have something that they want to share in regards to this, this, uh, interview, you know, you're more than welcome to come on inside BJJ is we, we really actually try to be as neutral as we possibly can be. But one thing that we've never been afraid to do is just call, call things like we see it. And, uh, you know, if somebody has something that they want to share, we're totally open for that. And if you'd like to come back on and respond or, you know, talk to these people online on or on the air at the same time, I'm cool with that too, right? Uh, that That's how we run things. But I, I do appreciate your time, Lloyd. And, um, you know, what, what, what's, what's going to be next for you? What's your next thing? Uh, that'll be the final question. Like, what do you, what do you got coming up? 
All right, right before I do that, I do want to say one thing because you did bring up a point about um, guys working for nothing. You know, you just, like it's a misconception. And when you when you're a white belt, you're a blue belt. And I just, you just, do you know anybody who's a blue purple belt in the entire Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community that was given from a sponsor American Express platinum card where they can use it for whatever they're doing when they travel or eat everything like that? Have you ever even heard of that? No. I can't say that I have. <laughs> okay, listen. On the truth about Lloyd Irvin, it'll be up tomorrow for you. Uh, you're going to see the legal case that Ryan Hall attempted to do to me. He, for some reason, he thought that I made a half million dollars or was going to make a half million dollars from the triangle course, and I gave him a bunch of money, and, and he had a, uh, a legal team send me his note and demand all these things, and I had all these filings and so forth, and then I, I hired a, a law firm, and we responded to it, but I'm going to post that so you can read for yourself to see who's a little spoiled punk, right? Now, I understand what, what you're going to be reading is from a purple belt. You know what I mean? Look, when you see the type of money that was spent on this guy, you see the type of perks he had, you're going to see the, like, the American Express card, like, man, from him thinking I made a half million dollars to what was, what was made after, like, 90 plus thousand dollars, like, it's old time. Uh, it's crazy. I'll, I'm going to put it all up on the truth about lawyer so you see. Right. And, like I said, if anything else is needed, um, I'll, I'll keep on updating that as need be. But, like I said, Team Lawyer, we're way past all this stuff. We, uh, you know, my wife, the people told my wife laughed about it. They, they try to come in and attack her. Like, I mean, like, you got a grown adult talking about what my wife's boots she's wearing. You got a grown adult talking about chemistry rather competing. You know, it's like, uh, it, it's just silly. But we're going to keep going. You're going to see a bigger presence in the MMA in the next few years. You're going to see the uh, Jiu-Jitsu team. We have a bunch of teams coming up. You're going to see that continue to grow. Um, and like I said, man, I'm just loving life. Um, I'm, I'm, we have a lot of MMA millionaire events coming up, uh, a lot of new businesses we're doing. Like I said, I'm just loving life. Like, I'm out. Like I said, out, like, most importantly, I want to thank all my supporters, everyone who stood in the, in the, in the heat of the battle when everything was happening. Uh, and stood up there representing me, and people sent me the messages, and when I had events and so forth, you come up and speak to me. Like I said, I really appreciate that because I'll admit, like I said, um, if you don't know me, you don't know me, and 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 the way they wrote everything, uh, seeing that. There's another guy named Sadiq Youssef. You'll hear he's kicking over MMA right now. Um, he actually lived in the fighter house with um, all the guys, and he was there the night that they left. Um, and so he tells everything that they're talking about. Um, I mean, I know everything. I mean, we're just doing our thing. Like, nothing has changed with me. Like, whether they heard, heard about me or not, heard from me or not, I'm doing the same exact thing, just training a little bit having a good time. Um, and, you know, and trying to still at the same time spread, jujitsu spread, um, the information I have, our systems, everything. So you... You know, you think all your supporters that stuck with you through all this, um, <clears throat> would you have anything in retraction to say to the guys that bailed out on you when it got rough? No, I mean, I've I talked to the vast majority of the guys, and we laughed about it and so forth. Uh, I got nothing but love for the guys. But the guys weren't here for, what, for that. They weren't here to be handcuffed and had, had guns pointed at their head and all this stuff and all this. And all this, hey, I understand, you know, like I said, I'm a fan of JT, I'm a fan of Keenan. 
I said, I'm rooting for them. I mean, they win the world. I'll be, I'm, I'll be rooting for them. Listen, I can't be that close with JT and travel with him and, and, and work with him and do all these game plans, stuff with him, and, and, and sit back and not want him to win. You know, when he, when I, I still feel to this day, he's the black belt world title, and no, he was stolen from him. He was, he was devastated. I was so angry. I went out and, and, and put what I put on my Facebook fan page was called an entire uproar for him because I know how hard he worked for it and, and it was taken from him at the last second. Um, so I say, if he wins the world title, I'm happy. Like I said, so I have no ill will to, I mean, the guy has you know, no problem. Uh, it is what it is. Lloyd, thanks for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it and uh, we look forward to talking to you in the future. Uh, thank you very much. All right, have a good one, sir. Take care. Wow, man, that was a very good interview. I mean, I think we hit on everything. I don't know what else we could have asked I, about. Uh, yeah, I want to throw this out there because I know this is going to happen. Um, I know that the message board community is probably going to go crazy. And I want to say this uh, to the people that are already going to come out and go, why did you even have him on your show? He doesn't deserve any time for anything. I want to say this. It's a subject. That's important in the jujitsu world. And really, he hasn't really come out and talked to anybody, as far as I know. I have he's been pretty quiet about things and, and I felt like it would be good and enough time had gone by just to allow him to kind of have his side of the story in terms right. of just an open format for him to talk, but at the same time us be able to ask him the questions that people have been putting yeah, out everybody online. Everybody wants to ask, right. And so we asked him, and he, and, he, and he answered him. And I'm not saying at this moment in time right now I believe every single thing he said. He said a lot of things, and he jumped around on a lot of things. That doesn't mean that it's not true or that, or that it is true. I'm there just a, saying there was a lot of things. There's to talk a lot about of this. stuff I mean, to digest to fit, to fit everything in. It would just be like a five hour interview, right? I mean, we're going up on two hours almost. That's how much. I'm kind stuff. of exhausted, to be honest with you, just yeah. from the whole. And process. just in general, like Lloyd talks a lot already. In fact, when we opened the interview up, I didn't believe it was him. He was so quiet. I don't like guys that talk a lot. Yeah, I was like, ah, this is not the Lloyd Irvin I know. And then he said, it's super fantastic. And I was like, all right, this is the Lloyd we know. <laughs> but um. This is to the uh, folks out there. I know he threw he threw a lot of names out there. He threw Mike Fowler, Ryan Hall, uh, Jordan Schultz, a bunch of guys, and that's just to name a few. I don't know any of you guys personally, and I have zero like I have no backstory with any of you guys. I've interviewed Keenan once, and we joke around about Keenan a lot because I'm a big Keenan Ivory Cornelius fan. But at the same time, um, you know, I have no angle in this game. I don't have a dog in the hunt. I just wanted to hear what he had to say. And if you guys want to come on, you're more than welcome. And I know Mike has been on Open Mat Radio and those guys over there, Paul and Murdoch and all those dudes are cool dudes. They do great stuff. And yeah, right. we're, yeah, they'll laugh at that, right? They're, they're friends and they're cool. Um, but you guys are welcome to come on if you want to talk about it. You know, if, if you got something to say, you know, I'll give you the same respect that I gave right. him, but I'll ask you the same types of questions, but I'll also give you the format to say whatever you got to say. Right. So then, like, even just going back, because we've just been catching so much nonsense to the people that are like, why'd you even have him on? You guys are rape supporters. Dude, if we're going to, we have to be fair. If we're going to have Lloyd, we have to have Lloyd on. If we're going to talk shit about other people, about other things, we've got to, like, We've got to swing the other way too. We've got to be like this. This is kind of like yeah. this is us being open and uh, trying to be non-biased. We have oh. our own personal opinions, sure, which we're trying to suppress a little bit. <clears throat> um, 
but we've had strong opinions about other people and we've openly talked shit about. Um, but you know, we got it. We've, everybody's got to have a voice, right? It's free, Dude. free speech. Yeah. Have them on. They want to come talk shit about us. Just Let's like, do it. yeah. It's, and go ahead, Matt, sir. Well, I mean, everyone's, this is America and people have made a, a ton of allegations about Lloyd, but her, I mean, you have something that happened 30 years ago and then you have something that I don't think you could, could, could connect what happened on New Year's Eve a couple of years ago. Something that happened with Lloyd Irvin thirty years ago, and, yeah, and 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 all the so those two things happened, but there's a lot of other things that they were saying happened that we don't that that there's no proof, there's no charges, it's just there's there's not one charge that was brought either up way. Besides the those problem two. is is there's no proof either way on a lot of it. As far as we there's can nobody, tell, there's nobody there's there's nobody really there's not a particular individual woman coming forward and saying Lloyd Irvin raped me, yeah, when they're saying he was a, a rapist doing all these things so. Really. I think every man's innocent until proven guilty. I'm not a judge. You know, it's not my job to, to say Lloyd's yeah. guilty or innocent. I hear you. I hear you. All I got to say is there's still a lot of Bill Cosby fans out there, and there's a lot of R. Kelly fans out there still. So like, you know, <laughs> There's like, a lot of Mike Tyson fans. And a lot of unproven shit on all the sides of those guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and also the, the invitation's always open. Even people that dislike us, I have asked them, like, dude, you want to come on the show? Come on the show. Like I don't, I don't ever want inside BJJ podcast to be a weapon that like I want it just to be open where people can come on. If you think we're dumbasses and you want to talk shit to us, come on the show. I it really don't that take it that personal. Yeah, it actually quite is. My so. favorite thing is if caller comes on and starts talking shit about me. Fuck, <laughs> that's hilarious. Exactly. Uh so we are we're up against it. Make sure you guys listen to. Um, Sunday show. Who we got coming up on Sunday? Uh, oh, we got Erico is coming up on Sunday. Nice. Is yeah. he coming down in the studio? I'm not sure. I got to find out. I Sweet. think he may have Chelsea with him. We might get them both on, or we might have nice. her with the women, uh, girls on grappling. We should just have her in the background, like Lloyd had his wife in the background. Just yelling at him. Just yelling. Reminding him stuff. Tell him about the new guard pass. Yeah, we got that. And um, yeah, so make sure you check that out coming up on Sunday. Uh, April is freemium month, so all the premium shows are for free. Make sure you listen. And make sure, please, man, if you like the interview, just the fact, look, motherfuckers, this is what I'm going to say. God damn it. We pull a lot of fucking strings to get some of these guys on the show. Like, it's not easy. It, you got to be relentless, like, trying to get a hold of them, trying to talk to them, trying to work shit out. It's not coincidence that Inside BJJ was the very first show to have Hicks and Gracie on when he made his announcement. Right. All right. It's not coincidence that we are probably one of, if not the only show that ever gets access to Lloyd Irvin. All right. I'm just saying, if you enjoy what we bring you, leave a rating on iTunes, leave a review. Hey, if you enjoy it a lot, put a buck 99 down and hook us up. I want to add something else that you just Inside said. com slash premium. It's not I mean, a coincidence doing? that somebody like Eddie Bravo shouted us out on the Joe Rogan podcast. Absolutely. It's not coincidence that I got Caesar Gracie and Braulio Estima to get on the line at the same time and squash their Nick Diaz beef. How fucking epic was that, dude? Epic. I just want you to know. There's some epic shit going down here. There is. From all of us. You guys are beautiful men. (laughs) (laughs) Trainrunning.com. I love the plug. Trainrunning.com. There's no coincidence that you got one minute because as soon as it gets to two hours, it Fs us up. So go. Crazy Gracie will be in Stockton June 13th, 12 p.m. Trainronin.com. Hit me up. Contact me. Skeet, skeet.
Inside BJJ Matt, follow me on Twitter. Don't be worried about it. Thanks for listening. Go premium. <laughs> <laughs>